Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new edition of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown, and we're a little shorthand tonight, but joining me today is Dalton Bishop. Hey. So we got lots to cover tonight, and it's just the two of us, so we'll see how long this goes. As always, we're available wherever podcasts can be found, and if there's any feedback you have, please give us feedback because that helps us to improve our product. So starting off, I just want to give a quick congratulations to the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. They just won the WNBA championship, defeating the Las Vegas Aces, with uh, Brianna Stewart being named Finals MVP. And I don't know if you saw this, doll, but like she has an incredible resume. She was four-time champion at UConn, three-time Player of the Year. She's now won two WNBA championships, two Finals MVP, a WNBA MVP. And I believe she has like one or two gold medals. I and mean, that's an impressive resume for anyone. And she's only 26. So what more is there to accomplish if you're Brianna Stewart? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if there's much to left to accomplish, you know. I feel like she's done a lot. And, uh, you know, she, she's probably just going to keep getting better from here and winning more titles. Yeah, we haven't seen like someone. I mean, I guess you could maybe compare if Mahomes had been like a champion in college. Because he's only 23, I believe, right now. He's won a Super Bowl ring. He's probably on his way to another. He's going to win multiples during his career. But at 26 to accomplish what she's accomplished, it's, I mean, that's an impressive resume. And obviously, like, Super is a legend in WNBA. She gets another championship. And oh, yeah. I, I caught a little bit of the WNBA playoffs and the, the whole bubble situation they had there because they played the entire season in the bubble. So, I mean, hats off to them. Vegas Aces is only, like, their third-year existence. Also, Vegas is getting a hot spot for professional sports right now. Because we had the Golden yeah. Knights expanded there. The Aces expanded there in WNBA. The Raiders relocate to Vegas. So, I have to, like, get on a, a kind of say with the news section. But um, the future is bright for Vegas. And, of course, the casino's there. That's right, Vegas, baby. Vegas. <laughs> In other news, uh, in uh, not so surprising, the um, NHL draft was the other day. Alexis Lafreniere goes number one overall in the draft, so surprising no one. But a move that was a mild surprise to some, the Pittsburgh Penguins traded goalie Matt Murray to to the Ottawa Senators for a player and a second-round pick. Murray was their starting goaltender for their Stanley Cup runs in 2016 and 2017. And, I mean, this is now the second time that the Penguins have kind of basically moved on from a Stanley Cup winning goalie. We saw Marc-Andre Fleury, who moved on to Vegas when they expanded, got the expansion draft pick. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they've, been, they've been a really good spot for goalies because they got a young goalie there who's emerging now. So... And Mark Andre Fleury, on the other hand, could be moved too because Vegas had a goalie emerge this postseason. But how do you see Ottawa doing with the um, addition of Matt Murray, who he has experience winning the Stanley Cup? And we saw Andre Fleury his first year with Vegas, he went to the Stanley Cup finals. So how do you see this move working out for Ottawa? I mean, I feel like it could work out pretty well as long as they got the right personnel and uh, the goalkeeper lives up to what he's done in the past. I feel like they're. The uh, Senators can make a good run at the Stanley Cup next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I I don't follow hockey much during the regular season, but I do follow postseason hockey. And Matt Murray, man, he was something special to watch. 
Ottawa this year, they were they missed the playoffs, which was expanded playoff field, so they oh nowhere to go but up essentially for them. And then other news, the NBA Finals, the Lakers now up three games to one, and AD, it looks like Anthony Davis, will probably more than likely be the Finals MVP this year over LeBron James. It could go either way, but AD has been just undeniable. He's been unstoppable this Finals series, which I'll admit I haven't watched much of compared, compared to other Finals just because kind of lost rooting interest when the Celtics lost personally. But I'll definitely tune in to game four on Friday night to see – or game five, excuse me, to see if the Lakers can close the series out. But have you watched much of the finals? And if so, what are your takeaways? Uh, I've seen seen bits and pieces when the games have been shown on network. Um, My initial takeaway is that um, this is not a close series when you think about it. Like I'm watching the games and I'm like, well – the Lakers are controlling every part of this game, and it's not even close. You realize that the margin between these two teams is so big that, like, the fact that the Heat are in the finals, it's far and away a good thing, and they definitely deserved it. But it just tells you how much better the West is because now that the Clippers are out, the Lakers rolled right through it. And as soon as they got to the finals, you realize that the Lakers are much better, led by veterans, and veterans take over. And this is, once again, saying that playoff basketball is a veteran. Uh, it's you need experience. Mostly, yeah, it's mostly dominated by veterans. And this Heat team is not really – I mean, name one player that's been to the finals. Udonis Haslam, who's not even playing this series. Andre uh, Iguodala, he, yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. MVP. He's probably like, he's probably like the only person I can think of on their roster who's been to an NBA Finals. And the Lakers have LeBron and maybe a few other There's players. Rondo was there with the Celtics. Rondo, yeah. And so I mean, Danny Green has Paul's experience, but he's been off for the Lakers this postseason run. So, so yeah. So when you think about it, you think about how much better the Lakers are off than the Heat are because of their veteran presence alone. And the finals is based off how much experience you have, and it's definitely showing. Yeah, I mean, I said Lakers on five before the series, so, I mean, hopefully we can see the Heat maybe extend the run because it'd be fun, but the end of basketball is upon us. And regardless, next week when we record an episode, like Game 7, if it goes that far, is scheduled for next Tuesday. So next Wednesday, you will hear our reactions to the whoever wins the championship, more than likely the Los Angeles Lakers. But we've seen 3-1 done before. LeBron, when he was with the Cavs, did it. So we'll see. MLB postseason has begun. And right now, I'm currently watching the Dodgers-Padgers game. It's on the background. And San Diego almost, in the top of the seventh, almost took the lead with a tighties homer. But... Bellinger decided to rob the home run. And now Los Angeles had two more runs in the bottom of the seventh. So Los Angeles appears to have this one maybe in the balance. But I know you can't count out Slam Diego, as they call, uh, they've call they dubbed themselves. Other news, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays took a two-games-to-one lead on the Yankees with a potential closeout game tomorrow. 
mm-hmm. that series. Also, the Athletics decide, hey, we're not going to get swept this year to the Astros. So they won a game 9-7. Where Houston still can close out tomorrow. And then the Braves, in a lower-scoring game, they win 2-0, but they appear to be overmatched, overmatching the Marlins. So we'll see if the Braves mm-hmm. can pull up the sweep tomorrow. Right now, Dodgers up one game to nothing and currently lead game two of the series. So that's all I have for baseball. Anything else you want to add before we go to an ad break and talk NFL? Nah, champ, you covered it all. It's been an interesting postseason with the uh, lack of fans and seeing them at a neutral site. It just seems weird, not especially the Dodgers not being at Dodger Stadium, Yankees not playing at Yankee Stadium. It just—it's just a weird year, and I mean, I obviously you gotta do what you gotta do. So we'll see how this goes on. But hopefully, they get the fans for the championship series, like they've said they want. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, that does it for our beginning of the show. We'll be back with some NFL news. There's been a lot that's taken place over the last week, and we'll get catch you all up after this. Welcome back from the ad break, as always. This is our NFL segment, which it's been a very interesting week. But before we start off with um, like team rate news is undefeated, winless. It's currently I'll just get over. There's six undefeated teams, four winless teams left. We'll keep updating you continuously to see if anyone can go undefeated or anyone can go winless. The pursuit of perfection, pursuit of dissatisfaction, I guess. But first, I want to start with the. Uh, Houston, Texas making a surprising move. Not, I mean, not too surprising, but much-needed move, I guess. Firing their head coach and general manager, Bill O'Brien, after his 0-4 start to the year. And, I mean, what else is there to say? That team, I mean, you trade away DeAndre Hopkins because he doesn't get along with the coach slash GM. And you're 0-4 right now, and it shows that whatever you had last year – in that first quarter against the Chiefs, is no longer there. And Watson can only do so much, and so can J.J. Watt. So, I mean, I'm not terribly surprised with the news because I just thought the first coach fire would be Adam Gates from the Jets. But much-needed news, much-needed much moves made. Romeo Cornell, who is in his 70s, is now the interim head coach for the Houston Texans. Anything you have to say about the move, Dalton? Um, not shocking, even though Bill, even though uh, Bill O'Brien as a head coach has a winning record, Bill, Bill O'Brien as the GM is not very good whatsoever. He obviously, that was, trading DeAndre Hopkins was an ego move, um, and it's now backfired on him because he tried to fix something by bringing in more wide receiver talent, and it's not helping, obviously, with their 0-4 and four start. And I feel bad for, Desha- for um, Deshaun Watson because last year they had a pretty good team, and I thought that they were going to be able to do some damage this year in the AFC South. But I guess that's not going to happen because a head coach could not put his ego aside for the betterment of the team. I mean, that he, he's made some horrible moves as a GM. Like, horrible. I mean, like Laramie Tunsil, you need to share the old lineup. But train two first for that. When you can, when you flip Clowney and D Hop, and you can't even get one first round back to kind of recoup some loss. Like I, I sent you all a tweet. Bill Yates tweeted out that they have the they're currently winless, 
but they don't own a first round pick or second round pick this year. Dude. That goes to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. So congratulations, Miami. You're probably gonna have two top five picks this year. Pro- I mean, uh, we also said it was Pittsburgh last year when Pittsburgh trade for Minka and they were winless at the time, and we're like, oh, Miami has two top ten picks. Where Pittsburgh ended up doing better. I don't yeah. see that with the Texas being that good. Congratulations, Miami. You got a top five pick this year. Unprotected. Yeah, because yeah, Bill O'Brien can get at least two first round picks for neither Jadavion Clowney or uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which DeAndre which D Hop at the very minimum is two first round picks. Like I'm not trading I, him unless I get two first round picks. How do you get two for a star receiver? Because re- I mean, you need like a receiver can only take you so far. But I mean, like quarterback, I definitely see you paying two first round picks. If it's like elite level quarterback that you really want. I mean, the Ramsey with Jalen Ramsey got two first. They gave away yeah. two first. And Ramsey's arguably the top corner in the game, according to yeah. some. Top five at the very least. Left tackle, I mean, that's – well, you need a blind spot. But Laramie Tunsil, I'm like, he's he's good. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if you give up two first for that. But I guess O'Brien was a good coach. But only certain guys, like a Bill Belichick or go to the NBA, Greg Popovich, only certain guys who have won – Deserve the title of coach and GM. Exactly. And Bill O'Brien has done nothing except when he was OC with the Patriots. Like, I'm sorry. So he'll get, I think he deserves a head coaching gig somewhere, but don't give him that much power. Yeah, you should just stay as a head coach. Do what you're good at and don't try to do any more than that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how else they do. And also, in other news, so between the recording last week and now, a lot of things have transpired with the NFL regarding my team, the Patriots. We had Cam Newton test positive for COVID-19, where the Patriots-Chiefs game got moved from Sunday to Monday and ultimately didn't really matter. The Patriots were going to lose regardless, probably. But then, just this morning, uh, reigning defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, has tested positive for COVID-19 who Gilmore played on Monday night, and he's asymptomatic, but he played Monday where he possibly had it then. And this post-game pictures with him talking to Mahomes. So hopefully, again, we hope nothing. We don't want anyone to get infected by this. So like Mahomes will be a huge blow to the Chiefs and the league. But also he played the game. So I don't know if he just didn't have it then and it's now in the system or incubated. I, I'm getting, We're not medical experts here on this subject. But Gilmore's a huge blow to the Patriots secondary. Anything you want to add to this? This is getting ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. This is. I mean, uh... Tennessee's got two more positives. Too, like... <laughs> Dude, Tennessee is a crapshoot. <laughs> that is. Oh, my God. They might as well just shut down their facility because this is going to happen all season long. I mean, obviously, Spence, we're going to go back to where we were predicting how long the season would go. I don't yeah, see it going forward, past I week see, week 10 now. Week 10. I mean, I think they'll get the act together, but, <laughs> I mean, I get baseball, uh, baseball figure it out. And yeah, that yeah, is, is, uh, that gosh. is, oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're going to oh, need to do something. Man. I don't know if they can, like, suspend a week or so and, like, how that would be. Yeah. I've heard that the uh, like Tampa Bay, where the Super Bowl's held this year, they can like they have like leeway to postpone it like the entire like month of February, even maybe into March. Uh, so like if needed, maybe a week eighteen in the NFL this year, like to 
like recoup some games and that way give like teams another buy possible. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to need to figure something out. That would yeah. be a good idea. Tennessee needs to get their act together because I mean, it, it, it's a lot. It's going to yeah. keep the league from playing their games. So Tennessee needs to get their act together. New England kind of yeah. caught me off guard because I didn't really expect. I thought that because I always think of New England when I think of New England, I think of. Uh, you know they're always buttoned up, you know, ready to go. No shenanigans, yeah. no nonsense type of type of you know uh, business. And uh, the fact that both like two of their star players have tested positive is something to be wary of because they're supposed to be again a no nonsense type of organization, and that goes for medically as well, along with yeah. the football sense. So you know, okay, yeah, we don't know how they got it, but like the thing about New England is. That- as of now, it's just reported that it's just I, – I've only seen that it's Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and then one of our guys on the practice squad. So, uh-huh. it hasn't been a huge outbreak. Like, Tennessee has had, I believe, 18, and it's just players and faculty, like facility guys, Dude. not specific. <laughs> I, they have, they've had a oh – it's like the God. Cardinals situation when, in the MLB, and they had to play 53 games in 44 days or something ridiculous like that to make up. Whereas, luckily, football – it's just once a week. Yeah. But still, the lack of practice and preparation for the next opponent. Yeah. I mean, they can do virtual meetings to prepare, but again, practice, you have to have that practice time in there. Yeah. And here's the thing with Tennessee, it's. You're, you're definitely breaking some sort of COVID barriers, some sort of COVID rules, regulations, if that many people are testing positive. Like, you're obviously not doing your job because you, know, you can go look around the league. How many Rams players have tested positive? And they're smack dab in the middle of California, which is a yeah, crapshoot I mean, right now. How yeah, many, the Rams had a couple in the offseason. In the offseason, but, but it's not during the season. Yeah. How many people for the San Francisco 49ers have tested positive? None that zero. I'm aware of. Zero. Seattle, zero. Like, you look at all these other big states – which is obviously worse than the Titans area of town, which is in Nashville. And they're not testing positive in the middle of the season. That's preparation on both the medical team and the actual football team itself. That is a reflection of how that organization is run. And it's kind of ridiculous because as a fan, you know, I kind of, I kind of would really, really love to see all 16 games played. But coming from like as like a sports administration major and like somebody from like a business aspect, that's that's stupid. That that is actually ridiculous. And if it's getting like, dude, if it keeps up, like we said earlier in like the off season, the league's just gonna have to shut it down because we can't just have a bunch of people testing positive. And if stars test positive, then that brings down TV ratings, which means that people don't watch the games, which means that revenue's not being brought in, so on and so on. So from a business aspect, it's not good at all. There's no nothing good coming from it, obviously. So I think we just need they just need to get their act together. Yeah, I mean, we figured that like again, it was inevitable that certain players like there were going to be players that were test positive, but like again, like again, I think New England's doing it better. Like they obviously have like got the situation under control. They figured it out. They isolate Cam from the facilities and the team. Anyone that was in close contact has been, like, they, okay, when they traveled to the game on Monday, which that's another weird thing is traveling the day of, they took two planes. One plane was the majority of the team, 
And then there was about 20 or so players who had been, quote-unquote, in close contact with Cam Newton on the second plane, which Stephon Gilmore was on that plane, according to reports. So, like, they, they – obviously, the contact tracing and whatnot has worked, at least for New England. I don't know. I want Tennessee to play because, as of now, they're one of three undefeated teams right yeah. now. They have another – they were supposed to play undefeated Pittsburgh last week. Or not undefeated Pittsburgh. I don't know where I got that. But they had an undefeated – was Pittsburgh undefeated? I actually cannot remember. Pittsburgh is undefeated. Yeah, they're leading they the division right Okay. Now. They're leading the division. Yeah. They also they play horrible teams, but they, they're still undefeated. <laughs> they're scheduled to play undefeated Buffalo next week. Yeah. Which we'll preview that game, assuming that takes place. But, <laughs> assuming it takes gosh, place. I, oh, my gosh. That's, that, that's, gosh. that's what it's going to be like all season long, assuming it takes it's place. It's like assuming it takes – I mean, again, I mean, we, we want it to take place because it's a fun, fun game to play again. So, we'll see what happens. But enough coronavirus talk. Let's talk to a decision that was made by a head coach today. Ron Rivera of the Washington football team has not only benched Dwayne Haskins, but he's been demoted to uh, QB3 on the depth chart, where the the football team will has going to be starting former Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen, where, if you guys remember, Ron Rivera was – in Carolina last year, where Kyle Allen was the backup, but then Cam got Cam Newton got injured, so Kyle Allen started the majority of the year. So we'll see. Again, Kyle Allen knows the Rivera system, but Washington is playing a uh, Rams team where they're currently seven point underdogs. So I don't expect much, but obviously Rivera has seen enough of Haskins and. They'll probably look to either free agency this year or the draft to find their new quarterback. So, and Cam Newton's only on a one year with New England. And I thought for a while that Cam was going to go to Washington just because of the Rivera connection. So, I don't know if they want to go young. I mean, that would probably be the smarter because there's some good quarterbacks in the class like Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. uh, Justin Fields. The list can go on. You can find one later in the rounds probably. But how shocked or surprised were you when? With the announcement that Dwayne Haskins is being benched. This is kind of like the Sam Darnold situation, which we'll cover that. Well, Darnold's injured a bit, yeah, I but think. I don't know. Um, Haskins, I really liked him coming out of college. And, you know, he threw like 50 touchdowns. And at Ohio State, which is basically a pro team in a college level because they got all those NFL-ready players. And... Um, and, of course, he played in the Big Ten Conference, which is a pretty good conference. Um, you know, I thought he was NFL ready, and I, I he needs more reps. You know, that's not – so last year he wasn't in a very good situation with the coach, and they didn't have yeah, any players. Coach gets fired yeah, midseason, yeah. not really good And, look. of course, we know that coaching matters in this league. And so he played, what, four games with Ron Rivera? Four games and what are they? One and three. They're one and one three, and three after and four games. And he had he's had a career high in passing yards. Yeah, take that for what, it's, that worth. For what it's worth. And he's got I think it's three touchdowns, four picks on the season. And you bench him after four games, not even backup. Now he's the third string. Like that's to Alex Smith Alex hasn't Smith. played in two yeah, or three years. It's kind of suspect, I think. And uh, I don't know. That's I think I think you give. Dwayne Haskins more reps because I don't know if Ron Rivera knows this or not, but
but they're not contending for the division. Be- well, actually, I think they are contending. Actually, they, they are. are contending the division, the division, <laughs> that division is horrible. They could make it. But I mean, they're not contending for anything. Like, like they're not contending for anything farther than the division is what I mean. Their team isn't good enough. Like they don't have like they have Terry McLaurin on on like the outside. I mean, but that's pretty much it. The running back, you you can like, can you name one of the running backs? Gibson, Peyton Barber, and Antonio Gibson. You ever heard of them? Because I haven't. I've only heard them because I follow football enough, and they cut AP at the beginning of the like, year. Like, and plus you cut Adrian Peterson, who's now on the Lions. So your roster just isn't. It's not good enough and filled with enough veteran presence to make, do any damage anyway. So why don't you just tank, get a high draft pick? Do like San Francisco did and just go with it, man. And just play and get reps, get experience. Okay, but stick to a quarterback. Kyle Allen was, what, 6-4 and four last year with Carolina? And then he got benched. I don't think he got that many wins because I think I, – I, I, I can't remember. remember. Carolina was but not very good last Kyle year. Kyle Allen didn't even play the whole entire season. Like, I don't think Ron Rivera can make up yeah. his mind on what quarterback he wants to play. At this point, I, I feel know, like I – mean, Haskins is getting screwed like Josh he Rosen is. was. He is, and it's and it's very very unfortunate because I really I really feel like Dwayne Haskins had a lot of potential. Same with John, same with uh, Josh Rosen. I think I like Haskins. I mean, personally, I like Haskins. Yeah, a lot yeah, me too, Rosen, me too. But they both have been dealt horrible situations to begin their career, and the only bright spot for Washington was Chase Young, who's out with a groin injury. So, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it gets worse. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, Gosh, it's it's an interesting year, and I mean, we'll see what happens with the football team, which is it's weird to say that. But yeah, speaking of that, they need to figure out. Not to names. get like, not to get sidetracked Hang a bit, on. but I saw one person say it's easier to remember to say Washington football team than it is to say the Las Vegas Raiders. Because huh. I occasionally I'll slip or I'll hear someone slip and say Oakland, but like what? this is to get a little, a little tangent, but. It's, uh, maybe it's just because of like the racial thing that they had with their previous. Yeah, nickname. by the way, they need definitely but, need to come up with a name already. That's I don't know, man. If I, I mean, the, the way I was, one. the way I heard it was like legal, like they were waiting for like trademarks uh, to get through uh, or whatever, and that's why it was like a temporary name. But uh, yes. it's just the Washington football team come next season. That's just I don't know. Well, Dan Snyder's horrible. That's another tangent uh, for another day. Yes, it is. But we'll see how. Uh, Kyle Allen looks. I thought he was a decent quarterback. I didn't think he's not special, but he's not. He's like an average, like backup, maybe spot starter, and maybe that's what will be. Because anybody looks good with CMC in your backfield. Just gonna say that. Uh, Yeah, Teddy B's been looking really well. He doesn't even CMC anymore because he's injured. Teddy Bridgewater looks good. He's got Micah Davis and Uh, stuff like that. Anyway, anything you want to recap from last week before we go on to uh, our Let's take a look at what happened last week, shall we? Let's see here. Week four. We saw a Broncos get their first win of the season yeah. against a horrible Jets yeah, team. Yeah, we saw that. Joey B got his first win. I mean, there was a, not really many close ones. Like, I mean, score-wise, maybe they were close. We saw the Chargers think... actually put up a fight against the Bucks last week. And that was going back and forth um, until the fourth quarter, in which Tom Brady went off. Um, Justin Herbert. Almost the biggest game. surprise was 
Herbert was good. The biggest surprise, and maybe not if you look at who the quarterback was for the losing team, but Eagles finally getting their first win over the 49ers. It, see, I didn't, you didn't think, think they, that was going to happen. I, mean, I, I didn't think Winston it was. I thought Winston was going to throw a couple of interceptions, and he threw one. But I mean, I was a little bit surprised, especially given how good Kittle is. But I mean, like looking back, like Nick Mullins wasn't going to be that special of a quarterback. But congrats to the Eagles getting their first one of the year. And now in first place of a division because of a tie. Like, that is ridiculous, too. Go Eagles. Where a tie, you get a half percent, like a half win for a tie. And now you're leading the division because you got that tie. Congratulations, <laughs> Philly. That, I mean, like last year, I think, or two years ago, there was a division where it may have been part of the NFC East again, where a tie was essentially what gave the team like that half game lead and they won the division. Uh. But, oh my. It's been uh, this week's not much. These matchups have been honestly horrible. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what. I mean, it'll get better when we get later in the season, I guess. But oh my goodness, some of these are just like duds. Like, especially this week. Like, who's gonna watch freaking the Cardinals and the Jets? Oh, uh, like, nobody. Oh my! So, no, apologies to Cardinals and Jets fans, but like Jags and Texans, one and three, zero oh and four. You got the one and three Cowboys and the own four Giants. Like, oh, we're not previewing these games gosh. because they're not good. But here's a game that looks good on paper mm. because of records. Pro- maybe not like so much on the field. Well, I don't know. We'll just talk about it a bit. It's the uh, Thursday night game of the week: Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chicago Bears, where Bears get their first loss this season. Where just uh, this is a stat, which I hate QB wins because I think it's a dumb stat to begin with. But when the Bears start Trubisky, they're 3-0. When they don't start Trubisky and go with Nick Foles, they're 0-1. I'm just saying. Those are <laughs> dumb stats that are – they're factual, <sighs> but it's also a dumb stat. That's a great stat. And also speaking of QB wins, we got the winningest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. I mean, winning in terms of like QB wins, Zubo wins, and et cetera. The list goes on and on. And Brady, he has thrown now four interceptions, which average out to one a game. Including now four out of six games dating back to his last couple games in New England, where he's thrown a pick six, which is, I mean, his legacy. I mean, he's obviously cemented himself as one of the best to ever play the game. He's just playing for, like, I guess, stats. Maybe he won a ring in Tampa. But, okay, this matchup, I don't know. I just think it's Tampa's to lose. Brady, I, I can't doubt my boy, Tom Brady. I mean, Scotty Miller has been a surprising emergence as their star receiver. Like, people thought Evans, Godwin, you got the Titans, Braid, you got Gronk back there. Scotty Miller leads him in receptions with 15 for 250 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, I mean credit to the Bears. They got Allen Robinson, but I don't know. I still see Tampa running all over. What do you have to add uh, to this? I think Tampa's going to win, and I don't think it's going to be close. Tampa's far and away the better team, Spence. Offensively, defensively, yeah. coach, coaches, staff, the entire whole shebang. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Tampa wins this one. I'm gonna be watching it, but uh, actually, maybe not. Is it on Fox? Yeah, it's on Fox. So, I mean, if it's on TV, yeah. I'll watch it probably. Because I mean, I got nothing to do on Sundays besides watch so, football. Yeah, you know, I think I think I think Tampa Bay is gonna win this game. Yeah. So. Uh, another game that, again, 
on paper, it looks pretty good. But also, given the uh, what we've talked about before, the Bills Titans matchup. Again, we previewed tight. We didn't even bother talking about the Titans still, so we figured the game was going to get postponed, and it did. But if they do play the game, I see it being Buffalo for two reasons. One, Tennessee has not been able to get to the facilities for about going on two weeks now. And Josh Allen has been playing like an MVP-like quarterback this year. Where it's just been an interesting year. And obviously you can't doubt the defense because, you know, you got Trey White there, Jordan Poyer. Uh, I mean, that defense is at Oliver at the D-tackle position, which they have Trey White listed as questionable. But also, I mean, Stephon Diggs was a huge addition to Buffalo. And, I mean, if they can stop the run game of Derrick Henry, because, you know, we all know that playoff run last year by Tennessee with Derrick Henry. But, I mean, Tannehill's just he's not a flashy quarterback. And not that it hurts him because, you know, it got them to the conference title game last year. But – I just see it going Buffalo, and I don't know how what, how to rate Tennessee just because, you know, we don't know who's going to be playing, who's not for them if they do have the matchup. So what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's going to be close. Um, that's probably one of my games to watch this weekend um, if they actually play. And, um, you know, I s- said before the season started, I had Buffalo winning the division. And it looks like it's going to work out that way if everything keeps up the way it is. And Josh Allen, I really liked him going coming out of Wyoming. I know some people weren't high on him because he was. You were the only one yeah, in our friend group yeah, that was high on was, him, really. I I was uh, yeah I was high on him and um you know it's just you know despite his completion percentage and the fact that he played college at Wyoming, but um. No, I thought I thought he was going to be a good quarterback. And um, credit the Bills coaching staff; they've done done enough to make him into a good quarterback and help him out. And you know, Josh Allen's put in put in the hard work to get better. And Stephon Diggs is is uh, has been a great addition, like you said, Spence. And um, it's really showing; gives him a good dynamic on offense. And Josh Allen can run. He's he's mobile, and that's um, really really dangerous, especially in the league. And you see with Lamar Jackson and all these other Patrick Mahomes and all these other mobile quarterbacks doing. Of course, we can't forget about Russell Wilson, and uh, like doing all these all this damage, um, and and like you know on the ground in addition to passing the football. Um, so you know, I think I think the Bills just. The Bulls will probably win this game, and uh, I think you know the lack of the lack of preparation from the Titans, as you can probably see from a mile away. Um, you know, you can you can you know prepare all you want on Zoom calls or anything like that, um, but you're really missing that field time, and uh, field time matters. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you can get a good yeah. game plan in, but without the players that execute on the field right, it's not right. really much and so really i think the bills have a huge advantage here um if they don't win this game that'd be a huge surprise for me uh, and uh you know i think i think josh allen has another good game and i i think he i think he does pretty well so i'm gonna i'm gonna take buffalo to win this one okay and uh, this game scheduled to be played colts and the browns both teams coming in at three and one 
Browns looking really, really good under first-year head coach Kevin Stefanski. They dropped their first game to the Ravens, but, again, the Ravens to be expected. And now I've gone off three straight wins, albeit against, you can maybe argue, subpar competition like the Bengals, Washington football team, and the Dallas wow, Cowboys that's, bet. That's a great schedule. I'm sorry. You hang, you hang 49 oh, on anyone. That's God. a lot. That's impressive. Dude, that's, like, but, I mean, your defense gave up 38. Man, that's, but, uh, that's both good and also alarming for Cleveland and Dallas. Um Man, you know, that's that's pretty crazy. And uh, you know, Cleveland's Cleveland ran for three hundred yards last week. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Odell had a rushing yeah. touchdown. Jarvis Landry had a passing touchdown to oh Odell. Uh, I mean that that team was mm-hmm. scoring all yeah. levels last week. And the Colts team three and one yeah. right now with the they beat the Jaguars, beat the Vikings, beat the Jets. You know, they lost to the Jaguars. Excuse me, I misread that for a second. I, again, a subpar Jaguars team beat them week one, but again, three straight. Again, the Vikings not really impressive right now. Jets one of the worst teams in the NFL, and the Bears. So I mean, like look at a whole like this is a must. I don't say must because it's still early, and both teams control right. their fate for the most part. But these teams have played lackluster competition to say the least, and. I mean, I, I like Baker Maple coming out of Oklahoma. I thought that when, like, the Browns had the first pick, I was like, if they take – I'm not – I wasn't a big fan of Donald, wasn't a big fan of Rosen. I thought Baker was the best pick they could have made, and he had one good year, one bad year. Baker, obviously, wanted to, he's playing for that fifth-year option right now because if he gets – like, he's in his third year, and the fifth-year option is huge for the first-round quarterback. So, Trubisky didn't get his. He's going to be cut loose soon. Uh, after the season ends, so he if he continues to play like he's playing, he'll get that fifth year option accepted, and he'll be included for two more years, which I think is going to be huge for them and the development with Stefanski. But with all that being said, I'm a huge fan of Taylor, and I'm good. And Ollie Cox has been one of the mo- biggest surprises at tight end this year in the NFL. So I'm going to take the Colts, but I think it, it will be a close one, probably coming down to a. Uh, Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, Phil Goal at the end of it. Hopefully, because, I mean, Hot Rod's one of the best. He was my favorite kicker last year in the draft. I was hoping England would take him, but they didn't. So, we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking the Colts just because – I'm taking the Colts been a close one, probably by three. Dalton, what are your thoughts on this? Interesting you say that, Spence. So I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to take the Colts as well. Um, Colts are the best defense in the NFL right now. Do you know that? Oh, I did they not, are I first did not know in that. all respective categories that matter for defense. Yards, like yards allowed, allowed, sacks, yards allowed, points, and third down percentage. So nice, yeah. And <laughs> you saw last week. They, I mean, granted it was garbage time, but you know, Cleveland was letting Dak run up and down the field and just do whatever he wanted. Uh, they did have a few turnovers last week, though. Cleveland uh, forced a few turnovers on deck and the Cowboys, which is to be a given, of course, because it's the Cowboys. You you can't really – I mean, it's bound to happen eventually. Um, one thing that, that does concern me is the Colts' offense, despite Frank Reich being an offensive head coach, 
they're not top 10 in any of the offensive categories. They're 15th in rushing, they're 15th in passing, they're 21st in total yards, and they're 17th in points and 30th in third down percentage. So really it's their defense that's been carrying them to three wins and one loss. I mean, Rivers is getting yeah, up there in age. Is. He's not what he once was, but he's still a serviceable yes. quarterback to have. I think I figure this season he's going to do just enough to get them into the playoffs. I feel like I feel like at this point it's more of it kind of it kind of reminds me of the Peyton Manning 2015 situation where the Broncos basically led the Broncos basically led Peyton Manning uh, like the yeah that defense like that led defense Peyton Manning yeah, I, the playoffs and Peyton did just enough to win because well, yeah well Manning missed a few get like about I think four to six games with like a, a camera yeah. it was injured so he missed a good yeah. portion of the so season that's kind of what it reminds me of but I'm but, gonna take the Colts to win this game yeah I mean the Colts only currently sit a game out of first to Tennessee who like we said we don't know when they're gonna play again and this is another game, the last game we have to preview, the Chargers and the Saints, which is currently slated for Monday night in New Orleans, but with reports of Hurricane Delta heading the uh, south, it could potentially be moved to mm-hmm. Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis for the game, which, again, I don't think the Superdome is holding any fans anyway, so location, I guess a slight change would be somewhat of a factor, but again, without a crowd, it's not I don't think it matters too much where they play the game. But it's, that's just something to note that we could see a, a location change. within. It's Monday night, so they got an extra day to worry about what where they're going to play the game. But it's the Chargers and the Saints. Herbert has looked – I mean, he's a rookie who got thrust to a starting position midseason. Or not midseason because it's early in the season without much uh, notification of it. And then Drew Brees, we all know, it's no, no surprise how big his career has been. But, okay, put some respect on Keenan Allen's name. He's been far and away, he's been such a good receiver, but he's not like a, he's never been like a top-tier receiver to some, but he's always been like that next tier who's just super consistent when he's healthy. Like, he's battled mm-hmm. a lot of ACL tears, but Keenan Allen needs a lot more respect on his name. But also, that being said, Alvin Kamara is a do-it-all back for the Saints. Running, receiving. I haven't seen them do this yet, but Hill, he could probably throw a passing touchdown if he wanted to. He's that versatile. And obviously they, they, I mean, Sean Payne loves his versatile players. Look at Taysom Hill. Paying him way too much money just because he can do a lot of the little stuff. But, I, I just see it being a... Uh, I mean, I don't know. Michael Thomas is keep being questionable. I don't even care if he plays. I think the Saints just... They're a better team overall better coaching staff, and Drew Brees is much more experienced than Herbert. And I don't know what the record is, like Sean Payne or Drew Brees when they play, like rookie quarterbacks. I know Belichick, when he had Brady, they were – or Belichick in general was just really good against first-year quarterbacks. I don't know what, what Payne's record is, but, I, again, I think the Saints, it's just – they're a much better team and a, a Super Bowl favorite for sure. So I'm going with that. What are your thoughts on the game? I think it'll be closer than we think. Um, I think that the Chargers, I think the Chargers led by Justin Herbert is um, a better team than, the, than we think. And, um, you know, despite losing their center for the season, I think it's Mike Pouncey, um, 
they've been doing they've been doing okay. And you know, losing Austin Eckler last week is unfortunate because they're now down to their second string running back, uh, Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson. And, you know, but you know, that's just that's just part of football. And um, you know, I think I think this is probably going to be a closer game. Um, I think I think I do expect Justin Herbert to have a good game again. Um, last week he had three touchdowns, one pick, and about 300 yards passing. I think he went 20 for 25 as well, which is uh, like ridiculously good. Um, <clears throat> and that was albeit against Tampa Bay's defense, which is you know against you know some uh, you know some experts and quotations would say that Tampa Bay's defense is top five in the league. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think, I think it'll be red. I think it'll probably be a field goal game. And, um, you know, I go, I, I will still, I will still go, I'll still go ahead and give the Saints the nod, uh, and take the win. Uh, but don't card, but don't count the Chargers out. Yeah. I, I, that game was scheduled for Monday night. So be sure to tune in. Also, just a little bit of something I want to add to the end of this, just because it's been a little shorter than usual. We're at the uh, quarter season NFL, so we made it a quarter of the way down, three-fourths to go. So I just want to get your thoughts just real quick on uh, your biggest takeaways from the first quarter of the NFL season. Well, it's everything we thought it was going to be, Spence. We talked about in the offseason how the virus was going to hit week four, and it hit week four. I mean, I don't know. Um, besides the virus, um, everything seems to be falling into place in terms of the teams. You know, not having any posts, not a lot. Excuse me, not having any preseason games for all these teams with new quarterbacks and new systems. It seemed they, you know, of course, to seem to figure it out two to three weeks in. Or maybe even four weeks in, uh, take Tampa Bay for example. They come out lackluster in week one against the Saints, and then kick it up a notch in week week two, week three, and week four. Again, the Saints yeah. are a much better team yeah. too, though. But talent wise, just looking at piece of paper, it should have been a closer game than it actually was. And the difference was that one team got a new quarterback in a new system, and the other team didn't. And the result was that the veteran quarterback who had already been in the same system for years won the game. And so I think, uh, I think now that we got to we I, I think now that we've gotten to week five for this upcoming week, uh, I think that they're all settled in now and uh, they're done with the quote unquote preseason in season games. You know what I mean? Uh, sort of that. Yeah. We've, I've heard that way too much with New England. It's like, oh, they just use September as a, yeah, another yeah, preseason yeah. like yeah. schedule for them. So, like, I mean, like teams they take it seriously still, but like, and you're trying to get like adjusted with right. the coaching staff take, and whatnot. Yeah, so, so like, now exactly. they're getting that it's, next season. Take Cleveland for example. Excuse me, Kevin Stefanski was trying to implement his system, which he ran exceptionally well. In Minnesota, would just essentially give the running back at the ball and let him do everything, and let him basically do all the work. And it took him maybe a couple weeks for that to happen. And you saw the you saw the effects of his system um, uh, quite uh, quite done 
well um, against Dallas last week, albeit against a terrible defense that I think rates ranks almost bottom five or absolutely dead last in all defensive categories. Uh, you know, running for almost 300 yards is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculously good. So, yeah. Who's do you think will be the uh, next coach fire? Because right now we have four 0 and 4 teams. The Texans have already fired their coach. Dan Quinn's been on the hot seat since like last year. Joe Judge on the Giants. I don't see him. This is his first year trying to get, implement a new system. He might, he could get fired after the season ends. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And then, of course, Adam Gase. That's my pick. Adam Gase, 0 and 4 Jets. I think that he'll be the next coach fired personally. Um, I could see that. I think I think I think Dan Quinn's gonna get fired. Yeah, I, think I mean he has big second half yeah, last year. Know, I think <laughs> I think despite their off season efforts, I think he's I think he's done. <laughs> I, I, I really think so. I think his I think his time in Atlanta is just about finished, and uh, they should they should bring in somebody yeah. else to take over. So. Do you see uh, – who do you think has the best chance to go undefeated? There's six teams left, Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Seattle, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. So uh, of those six teams I just listed, who do you see having the best chance to potentially run the table and go perfect 16-0 season? Um, hmm. Without looking at the schedule, obviously, because if we look at the schedule, we can probably have a different answer. I think it's just – I, I Kansas City and Seattle, I think, are the two best teams in the NFL, and that's uh, again through four weeks. I think it's going to be I one mean, of those I, two teams. Probably, yeah, I mean, that's Seattle has a tougher thinking, division so. than Kansas City. Yeah, I so, think, I think based off division alone, Seattle. There's no way Seattle goes undefeated because they have a tough division. Um, Kansas City yeah. or Buffalo, I would say Kansas City or Buffalo. Buffalo's playing out of their mind right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, of course Kansas City, they're they're doing pretty well, and they beat New England, which that's, you know, if you beat New England, that's like a mini accomplishment in the middle of the season because New England's no slouch. Yeah, even even though this year's yeah. a down New England team, is still. Man, I'll tell you, mm. Belichick's coaching like that game specifically, defensive wise. Oh, I'll tell you, I mean, again, I'm not going to list excuses because, I mean, they got outplayed. They didn't deserve to win. They made too many mental mistakes and whatnot. So, Craig can say, I'm not going to make excuses, but if they're playing the game again in January, which it would more likely be A, an arrowhead, and B, probably full capacity fans. I mean, I'd imagine. I mean, hopefully that's mm-hmm. – they play limited capacity. But I still think it's a big difference adding – I mean, you can go on both sides. Cam New for the Patriots, yeah, yeah. Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Like again, both teams missing mm, a key piece. So, okay, I, mean, I think Kansas City probably still more wins, key but... than the other. I think. Yeah, quarter. I mean, yeah. D tackle can only take you so uh, far. Whereas a quarterback. I mean, you played Brian the offense. And Jared Stidham, who threw a combined what was it, four interceptions, three interceptions, something like that. Yeah, I think three and so one. Yeah, I mean. Sitting and under they gave up a, passes. a um, touchdown. A pick, they they threw a pick six. So yeah. they, what they scored twenty six points. You take that six point. That's you. You take that seven points off, and what are you at? 
Yeah. 19. I mean, defense only had 19. 19. Oh, how many did he do? Let's score so, 10. Yeah. And that was with those two second strings. They were in the yeah. red zone twice. So, I mean, you have Cam over. that, you know, those two turnovers, they turn into touchdowns. That's 14 points right there. That's 24 points. Yeah. I mean. Or at least get a field goal. It's a different ball game. Uh, kinda, it kind of blows me away. It's been a it's been a very fun year. How about your Rams? What have been your takeaways with the Los Angeles Rams so far? I mean, you know, as a fan, um, I mean, I don't know. Sean McVay's smart. He knows how to figure things out. And um, I think the Todd Gurley thing was addition by subtraction. And he knew what he had. And uh, we're working well right now. I mean, they're doing they're doing pretty well. Uh, we get Cam Akers back this week, and I think Terrell Lewis, our uh, draft selection out of Alabama, gets to, is eligible to play now off of the IR. Uh, so um, that should be good. And honestly, three and one, not bad, not bad. Um, you could make the argument because the Rams are playing too much freaking prevent. Still makes me mad. They play too much prevent. You know, we could, yeah. we could, we should have, we should have, we should have had, had the Buffalo zero. game one, and it should be four zero. But you know, you can't make excuses. <clears throat> and uh, you know, honestly, I, I, man, this still makes me mad. I don't get it. I don't get it. You play prevent on third and fifteen and third th- and uh, third and twenty two, respectively. Oh my gosh, it's a pain. It really is. But you know, three and one, I'll take it. And um, <laughs> I think people are still sleeping on them. They're still sleeping on them, which I don't mind. I, I I'm, I'm perfectly fine being the underdog. I mean, that, okay, you got Seattle in the division, though. The you got Seattle. So. I think we okay. I'll admit yeah. I was a little higher on San Fran than I was Los Angeles. I thought that division as a whole was just really good. And I mean, right now, That's right. you guys are sitting at second in the division, so yeah. I think we'll uh, I think I think goes. the injuries dealt to San Fran. Um. Well, you know, of course, unfortunate. The Rams are definitely going to take 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 much advantage of. You got to take advantage. You got to. And Sean McVay has shown in the past that when San Fran is injured, he takes full advantage of it, and that means winning. That means sweeping him in the in the uh, division, and that goes for the Cardinals too. Um, Seattle's definitely their main competition right now, and I can't wait for those games to be. I can't wait for those games to be played. That's going to be that's going to be very very interesting. That's going to decide the division, um, and it's going to be really really interesting to see how the division ends up sh- shaping up. Um, I predicted the Rams to make the division before the or excuse me to make the playoffs before the season started because of the three team format, three team wildcard format this year. So oh yeah, I mean that crucial, again. That's crucial. a crucial yeah. addition. That seventh team. Yeah, because you guys would have been the seventh yeah, seed last right. year, and I guess all you need is that shot. Like we've seen it before, where you just get that chance in the playoffs, and you maybe have a New York Giants like running oh seven, where they maybe they weren't a That's good right. team, but they got hey, shot. And they won the Super Bowl that year, I think so. I think the quote unquote experts are sleeping on both of our teams, man. I really think so. I think I think they're discrediting how I much mean, they, like how how talented they, they actually are, you know. They get paid to talk football. We just do a podcast where we get like maybe 10 listens or so. But anyway, yeah, feel free to share this podcast because we're about wrapping up now. I've been kind of stalling a bit because 
As of right now, it's the top of the nine, two outs. May Machado at the plate with two runners on for the Padres game. And, and this is, I'm just trying to stall. I just want this game to end because I want yeah, to like, get our instant reaction. reaction to it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how long this game will go, but our, our boy Joe Kelly is on the Let's mound. Go. Joe Kelly Fight Club from his Red Sox days. Joe Kelly for the win. But I mean, this 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 series is gonna be fun. Like, even if the Dodgers yeah. do prevail and go up two nothing, like again, this the San Diego Padres is gonna be a team to watch for the future of the MLB because that team is just fun. Machado, Tatis, yeah. Osmer, even, and of course, this, like the Dodgers, this is a make or break year for. I mean, I didn't mean to switch to like, baseball that quick. But like Dodgers, they've been in the World Series two of the last three years. Missed it last year, lost in the wall or the division round of the eventual champ Nationals. And like they got all that money to spend, and they haven't won a World Series ring since the eighties. Really? Yeah, they have. They have the most losses in the World Series of any franchise. Dang. I think they they just passed the Yankees with the uh, twenty eighteen Red Sox mm. loss. So that mean, I mean, that's that's kind of like. And I don't really know what other team to compare that to in terms of the other leagues. The yeah, Bills, I mean, maybe? I mean, maybe it's like no, a... No, the Bills are No, the Bills are forced. I mean, Cowboys, it's, probably the, yeah. it's probably Cowboys yeah. fans where they they were good at one point. They haven't been relevant. They haven't really won much. Late. Well, again, the Cowboys don't even win the playoffs. Yeah. Like, There's not really a team that makes the finals consistently and then they lose every time. And they've been historically a top-notch franchise. But I, I'm just excited for playoff baseball because that's the one time of the year I actually do watching baseball, and it's always yeah. really good. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Okay, Kelly just walked a guy to load the bases, and this game might not end anytime soon. So I'll wrap the podcast up. You guys, by the time you're listening, you've probably have already seen how this game ends anyway. So thank you for tuning in to a new edition of Out of Bounds. Mm-hmm. As always, feedback's encouraged. We find us anywhere mm-hmm. you get your podcasts. Feel free to share with friends and family. I'm Spencer Brown. So enjoy the rest of your day.